On this week's episode, Shang-Chi is a huge hit for Marvel. Is Halo Infinite still on the right track? And what did I miss on my vacation? All this and more as you once again delve into the Bob Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Humanica Media, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's our own martial arts expert of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. All the great stuff that he's doing with his shows, Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's what up, man? What is up? Just back in the saddle. You know, you were you're gone in Hawaii for the past couple of years. And uh we're back here in the pop culture cosmos, and it's a Sunday. Getting ready for that week to come. You know, three-day weekend, man. It's exciting. A lot of people hope you enjoy your three-day weekend. Be safe, but we're here to chat. So let's uh let's do a little talk in here. As you can see, I got the man growth going on, which will be removed very shortly, I will tell you, because it is not a big hit in the Glassford household. Really? So it will, yes, yes. And unlike you, who can carry it much better than I can. With me, I look like a person who looks like he should be on the set of Robinson Crusoe. So I would probably say it is best for me to have it removed in the not too distant future. So <laughs> just, just but, take, take it for a walk, man. Just, just, just for uh, a couple yeah. of weeks, you know? Well, I will tell you right now as a family man yourself, uh, if you ever get to the opportunity, and this goes for everyone out there, if you get a chance, please go check out the islands of Hawaii. We did a uh, island hopping for the second time. It was just a tremendous adventure. We did first off Maui and then we went to Kona and then we went to Kauai. And then we topped it all off in Honolulu with the island of Oahu. And I will tell you, everyone there, just so terrific to deal with. Just very appreciative of my time there. The landscapes that you could see, the sunsets, the weather, the whole nine yards, every bit the paradise that it always is when every time I go there. But to tell you something new that we did, we did visit Kauai for the first time. And if you get a chance, there's a tremendous boat trip that you can take on the west side of Kauai, the islands. You take a power boat trip and to see the breathtaking atmosphere there, you see the sights that you've seen on the intros in Fantasy Island, Jurassic Park. It's simply breathtaking. The waterfalls, you go through the caves that are in there. As you're riding along on the boat, you get to ride alongside the dolphins and you get to snorkel with the turtles. It's just a truly fantastic experience and I highly recommend it. But again, the whole 
two weeks in Hawaii was outstanding. And I also want to give a big thank you and a shout out not only to you, Josh, for our show, the five-year anniversary show, but Big Dog, woof, woof. I want to make sure he gets a big shout out as well. Although I got a little jibe at him coming up here when we talk about Spider-Man <laughs> coming up, which I already told you about a couple of weeks ago. But I also want to thank the entire group of DMs for DM Roundtable. That was also a big hit as well. So thank you so much to all the DMs that are part of our regular Pop Culture Cosmos tabletop RPG games all week long. Also want to make sure everybody gives a big thank you to Smoking Hot Confessions Zone Ben Arnaud, part of a great Marvel discussion, and also what you can do with Sam. And so if you want to check out the backlog of those shows during the course of the past two weeks while I was on vacation, we dropped them on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. So I hope you get a chance to check it out if you've not done so already. And also a big thank you to the awesome radio stations who are very patient with me while I was going ahead and sending some of this out because the one thing that Hawaii does not have, Josh, in certain spots is Wi-Fi. Wait, so, yes, you I... don't say. There's no Wi-Fi in Hawaii. No, Ho- no, no. It Hawaii depends Fi. on Honolulu was good. Maui was good. Once I went to Kauai, you basically fall off the map because it is spotty at best at some of the locations there. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to get the episodes out as fast as I wanted to, but Again, I appreciate everyone's patience that's associated with the radio stations. You guys and gals are awesome to deal with. And I look forward to going ahead and bringing you more stuff right here from the Pop Culture Cosmos. But yeah, I know you did some stuff too during the two weeks that you didn't have me in your life, which I'm sure was a great vacation for you as well. I just worked and got ready for work and we entertained some people this past weekend and that was fun, and last night I went to go see uh, the Used and Coheed and Cambria in concert, and I gotta say, man, I love what Coheed and Cambria is doing with their music, because they're not just a band, they're a brand, right? Because they have the Amory Wars, and like in their merch booth, they're selling like the action figures and autographed comic books. It was, it was a pretty neat experience. Plus, I also want everybody to check out Josh's Instagram because he's been dropping some pop culture stuff from time to time there. So please check it out. Joshua's Alter Ego, isn't it? Yeah, Joshua's Alter Ego. So check it out indeed. But we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to be talking about, I know Josh doesn't like to go on the Marvel Overload button, but to catch up on what I missed telling you listeners about during the course of my vacation, including the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, What If through Episode 4, There's also some movie delays again, and a surprising one that didn't get delayed. We'll talk about that coming up in the show for all those subjects. Halo Infinite, which I know Josh wants to talk about, they finally dropped a release date. And I also want to thank Sean Shamrock. He was awesome on our video game preview that we did on Friday. He and I were talking about that. We dropped that just before they made the announcement on the release date. So I want to talk about that, plus some of the problems this game is having has and could possibly continue to have going forward and also as well an anniversary of the movie contagion which been through the past year and a half plus of the pandemic want to see if it still holds up there's some things i like and some things that unfortunately have not mirrored the real life but we'll talk about that coming up at the back end of the show as well but first my friend it is shang chi and the legend of the ten rings 
And the good news for Marvel in this climate that, again, still a lot of people are very apprehensive about going to go see this movie out in the theaters because of the Delta variant. I braved out in the theaters. I was one of the first in Hawaii, in Honolulu, to go check it out. And I will say that this movie is good. It's actually a little bit better for me as an experience than Black Widow this year. It will be in my top half of the Pop Culture Cosmos Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. And that will be posted sometime this week on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com or popculturecosmos.com. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed the first half especially. The action was sensational at times. And if you're a martial arts fan, like I believe Josh and I have talked about this before, both of us, I think it is a martial arts lover's feast. I think Simu Liu is a superstar. He is someone that is very comfortable already in the role of a Marvel superhero. And Tony Leung stole the show as the bad guy. And that is pretty much all I want to go ahead and and tell everybody right now because of spoilers I would be going into. But I know Josh has not seen it yet. I know he wants to. I know he was really excited about it first, kind of when we did our movie preview, not as excited. But Josh, I think it's about time to get excited again for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, I mean, I am excited before I can go to the theaters to see it. I got to catch the kids up on. We still got to watch. So we made it to Black Panther. So we still got to watch Infinity War, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, and then Endgame. And then we can go watch Shang-Chi. No Spider-Man? Sorry, they've seen Spider-Man already. They watched those out of order. So they just need to see what's like how the whole thing with Thanos ended before they can go see Shang-Chi. But... I'm excited to watch it. I would like to see it in theaters as opposed to watching it, you know, after the 45 day hits and it goes on to Disney Plus. But yeah, it, I've I've heard good things, and from what I've seen in the trailers, so IGN, like a lot of these these movie sites, are giving it like middle of the road reviews, like sevens and stuff, instead of like nines or tens. And that tells me that it's something that's aimed more at like the casual movie goer. It is a, a casual audience movie. I'm going yeah. to agree with that. It does follow the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. Very much, especially the latter half. I think the latter half is not as strong as the first half, which is tremendous. Yeah. I think these the latter half falls a little bit. And I liked it a little bit better than Black Widow, but you've heard my story on Black Widow many, many times, so I don't yeah. want to go ahead and repeat it here. But I, I really enjoy this film from the standpoint that it brings a different side of our culture, of our lives, of our world into it. It does get a little bit convoluted. It does uh, provide a little bit too much CG at times, but when it sticks to the action of, of Kung Fu, that's when it does its best. That's when it does its best to entertain. And again, Simu Liu, we've talked before about how certain stars in their initial performances, I'm going to note out, Brie Larson and also as well Chris Hemsworth yeah. for being a little bit wooden and uncomfortable in their positions, mm-hmm. in their debut positions. And in fact, I think since then, Brie Larson in her appearances in Endgame and whatnot has done a much better job and been more comfortable in her role as Captain Marvel. And of course, we all know how comfortable Chris Hemsworth got after Ragnarok. I mean, he was just truly sensational that. 
Simu Liu in this movie is already comfortable right off the bat. He is already just like developed and transformed in this role and felt very comfortable in it. Maybe a lot of that is because he was playing off of Aquafina. I think she was there to basically give someone to play off of Simu Liu. Yeah. And she does a good job of that. And Simu Liu just really feels comfortable on the screen for that. And he does a tremendous job. But to me, this movie is just as much about Tony Leong and the legendary actor that he is. Michelle Yeoh, who is just tremendous. Oh, in she's she amazing. Does. Yeah. She's great, but she's not in the movie a whole lot. But Tony Leong is, and Tony Leong is a legend in, in the Kung Fu martial arts industry. And this was his, I don't know, I don't want to say this is his first Western film, but this is his first time, as he admitted on camera, this is his first time working with a Western film studio. Mm-hmm. And to me, it just seems like he should be doing a lot more, both for his own companies overseas, but also as well for here in the States, because he truly killed it as someone who is up in the air about in regards to being called the Mandarin. So I'm just going to say he's Simu Liu's father in the film. Let's go. Shang-Chi's father. How about that? Let's just go with that. Okay. The Mandarin thing is, is laid out and exposed in the, in this film uh, for what it is. So we'll we'll leave it at that. But Tony Leung does a tremendous, tremendous job in the film. And I really give the movie high marks when it focuses in on the father son dynamic between those two. Okay, I have two. I, I just want like two. Uh, I want two spoilers. Okay, and they're not like big spoilers. I just have to know because I need to. I need that. All right. Well, then uh, we're going a little bit in spoilers. Okay, my first turn question. The, turn the sound down for two minutes. How about that? Do, do they connect the the ten rings from Iron Man to the ten rings in this movie? Yes, they do, but they only brush it over real quickly. Okay. Second question: Do is there any reference to the Iron Fist in this movie? No. Okay, because I saw in the trailer, it looked like he was like face-to-face with some sort of dragon. So I was wondering if that yes. was the dragon that gave the Iron Fist its powers. It could be, but it was not indicated. You do not meet a Danny Rand. No, you, no, no. I, I, yeah, I wasn't like expecting to meet a Danny Rand. I was just curious if there's like a reference to that whole mythology. I was just curious if there's any yes, references the to it. Yes, the mythology is there. Okay. The mythology is there. I will give it that. The mythology and and what you're thinking of talking about is there, but the Iron Fist character and the Iron Fist persona is not elaborated on at okay. all. Okay. All right. All right. But it could be set up something for the sequel. No, that's just saying. Okay. So it, do you, uh, Shang-Chi. So you know, like you said, Michelle Michelle Yao is amazing. Do you think that we'll see a Shang Chi two with like maybe they're they're bringing in more like famous Chinese actors into the into the fray here. You could possibly see that again. Also an introductory to Danny Rand. You could see that with Iron Fist because I don't think they'll ever touch the Netflix Iron Fist dude again. Or yeah, maybe they'll they'll bring some people back from that series, but I don't think the character who played Danny Rand will be one of them. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants him back. I know I was yeah. just trying to get through that show with my wife, and she doesn't really like the acting. Yeah, but I will say that there will be some things that I think they're going to be good for the future for Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings if the sequel's made. And the movie is breaking Labor Day records here in the States, 71 million over the weekend. It's going to do close to 90 million over the course of the Labor Day holiday weekend. And it's already going over $140 million worldwide. So under the pandemic conditions, I would say this classifies as a hit. 
And I know there were certain individuals out there that were rooting against it and also stating that they were, this was going to fail. But I have a feeling that Marvel, under these circumstances, are very pleased with the outcome of Shang-Chi and Legend 10 Rings. Well, good, good. I mean, um, yeah, like I said, I'm excited to watch it when I get the chance to do it. And uh, it is something I'd rather see in theaters than on my couch. So hopefully I'll get to before that 45-day timer ticks down to zero. Hopefully I will make it out to see it. And where does it fall in my timeline as far as the best of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I will be posting that this week on the popculturecosmos.com website where it falls i will give everybody a, a hint that it goes in the top half so i do give it a positive rating how much of a positive rating and how well do i think of the movie i will be letting every, everybody know this week but i want to hear from you out there if you've seen shang chi and the legend of the ten rings please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Ter- Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. Well, my friend, there's still much more Marvel to talk about on today's program. During my vacation, I did play the five-year anniversary and also our fall movie preview. And I remember the now infamous words of Big Dog. He did say that what he had heard that the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, if it was going to be shown, would only be 30 seconds long, I think was the, the words he was alluding to. Yeah, and actually it dropped, I think, the next day after he said Yeah, that's kind of ironic. Um, yeah. yeah, and it dropped. It was a three full three-minute trailer. And Well, yeah, and from what I understand, up. too, like this trailer barely had anything of what was actually in the movie, so I'm sure we're going to get a ton more surprises. Oh, I'm sure, but if you base it off of what's in there, which to some extent you have to realize that there is some some of it in there, It looks like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man seemingly have tried to conjure a spell to make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And in doing so, broken a uh, alternate dimension, that type deal, further fracturing the timeline and using that whole scenario that we've seen from Loki and from other parts of the Marvel Cinematic Universe already and that we will continue to see as a theme going forward in this phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it leads to an appearance by Alfred Molina in a much younger CG referenced mode as far as Dr. Octopus. And then you had a hint of Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that we're going to see the Spider-Mans as well. But you yeah, see- man, it, it looked good. It broke all the records for Avengers Endgame upon its initial 48 hours of release on YouTube. Yeah. So I want to hear your thoughts when you had to check it out, my friend. What are your thoughts on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? 
I thought that it was a little overwhelming. It was cool, but watching this, I kind of get that fear, you know, like I had with Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, was that all these other things are going to become main characters and take the focus off of Spider-Man. You know, I know we we talked about rumors of what the plot would be like before and whether or not Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield would show up. We don't know. It's possible they might, but... I think, you know, looking at it, I've been reading a lot of things where people are like breaking it down frame by frame. And it feels like they're just like shoving so much into this film. You know, like what what was so great about Spider-Man Far, Far From Home was so great about that was that there wasn't a lot going on. Like it, was, it had like your basic plot and it really outlined who who Peter Parker is as, as a person as opposed to Spider-Man. Like there's a lot of Spider-Man stuff, but it really highlighted that struggle that he faces and that struggle we get in the comic books, you know, like balancing being a superhero with his life outside of being a superhero. And in this, it feels like it's just taking all the things that are great about Spider-Man and just mixing them with everything else, you know? And so I guess that's like my biggest fear is like, is this movie going to have so much in it that it's going to not have a story that really develops this character or is it going to be something that is very well balanced which i very much hope that it is but you know again just seeing how people are breaking down this trailer and showing like there's people who are outlining certain things in the frames and they're like oh hey look here's venom and you know we don't know if venom's going to show up but like it just feels like they're packing so much you know all these rumors of andrew garfield toby mcguire charlie cox the she hulk like there's just they're just trying to push so much in. You have Green Goblin and Doc Ock and all that. I don't know, man. I'm hopeful. It the trailer looks great. Don't get me wrong. I'm super excited about it. I just don't want it to be like so filled with everything that it just is hard to uh walk away from it being like that really like push that character forward. I agree with you. I know we've talked about this before when it comes to sequels that the best sequels not only push the entire narrative along but they tell its own narrative at the same time just as well and that might be a problem for this film because not only does it have to try and tell its own narrative but it's going to be pushing narratives for the multiverse for spider-man and the spider-verse and the mcu and its multiverse including dr strange who is probably going to be in it uh, probably what what maybe what Robert Downey Jr. was in the first Spider-Man movie of this kind. The first Robert Downey Jr. appearance, he was only in it for like 10 minutes, but they were very meaningful minutes. But this movie has to go ahead and not only tell its own story, but it has to go ahead and tell or probably start or probably kick off the Spider-Verse, which, you know, Sony is dying to showcase off so it can spin off all these other movies like Morbius and more Venoms. And <laughs> you know, it's... Well, it's funny in the way you said that. You said Morbius, like it, you paused and it sounded like more BS. And I was like, amen. <laughs> no, mo- yeah, no, I'm sorry. Mo- Morbius, Beast the Vampire. That's going to be coming out, I think, in late January, if I'm not mistaken. And then you got to go ahead and push the overall MCU with Doctor Strange and his appearance there, not only taking over as the mentor for RDJ, but also trying to go ahead and lead into. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out next year. So we could see Spider-Man sneaking sometime in that film. We'll see about that. But I think that film is also going to have its job in trying to do a lot of those things as well. 
these movies that are required and asked to do heavy lifting, like Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that's the problem. When they're asked to do so much heavy lifting, they have a problem holding up themselves. You know, so far the uh, Feige, you know, and the uh, the Marvel Marvel the MCU films have done a good job at like balancing things, even when introducing larger concepts like you know, these team-ups and all that of the Avengers. The Iron Man films did a pretty good job of holding that all together. Sony is the one that has is notorious for dropping the ball on that. They do not balance things very well. So no. maybe the fact that this is this is a, an MCU film will is a good indicator that we'll probably get, you know, it will be fairly well balanced. But I don't know. I don't foresee the launching of a spider-man universe and sony to be something that's going to maybe it right now it's good i don't see it being something good you know like i i feel like even when tom holland goes back to sony i feel like it's going to become it's going to become a mess i think it's going to be not as delicately balanced as you saw from the previous events and the previous phases of the marvel cinematic universe because of this multiverse concept it's something that I think is leading itself to a lot of scenarios where not good things can happen. I didn't yeah. say that that that's going to be the case primarily, but I mean, with this multiverse of options that you can have, there's also an infinite amount of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Or storytelling things that can go awry. And if that's the case, that's not going to spell the same kind of success for Marvel they had with the previous phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that was more cut and dry. It was all about the Infinity Stones, and then it was about Thanos getting the Infinity Stones, right. then doing the damage with the Infinity Stones, then the Avengers undoing mm -hmm. the damage with the Infinity Stones. Now this is we're getting to the point where these television shows have now created a part where there's now in multiverses, coming out plus spider-man wants to do his stuff and you know he, through his ambition and trying to get, get everybody to forget about him being yeah. peter parker and all that now that's going to mess up and, be, and then it's just going to become more convoluted i have a feeling it's going to be harder for a casual audience member out there to follow it's going to be harder for us to explain it to an audience yeah just I as just as much so and that's that's what i fear the most I don't like the idea of a multiverse. I just like I, I don't like I feel like if you want to tell stories outside of the main canon, just tell those stories. You don't have to not everything has to be connected. And I guess like that's where I kind of admire what DC's doing. You know, there's no like I may, maybe I think Flashpoint's supposed to like explode their multiverse. Tell a linear story, you know, that that way it doesn't make things feel like a waste of time. You know, if you want to tell a story outside of that continuity, just do it. You don't have to convolute what's existing if in order to do something like that. But this is where I'm afraid of what's going to happen with this multiverse. Like, it's just going to become so convoluted trying to connect every single dot. And now you have the What If series on Disney Plus right. where some of the events and some of the individuals that are showcased on this animated series will become part of the live action multiverse at some point in time down the road. So we could see a Captain Carter who was showcased in episode one episode two with king t'challa becoming star lord that was a great episode episode three was a murder mystery with nick fury 
guiding it all. And I thought that was an interesting take. And I, I kind of liked it. Episode four was different in a Doctor Strange that goes awry for certain reasons. And if, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I'd say go ahead and check it out. It's okay. I think that it's taking bold turns with what if, but they're again, they're saying that you're going to be able to tie some of this into the movies and television shows we're watching now and making a part of the MCU, which is going to going to make it even more convoluted and even more confusing for the general audience out there to watch. Right. I don't know how many people like me are out there. People have this like story OCD, but you look at like the the old Halloween movies, right? Like the Jason Ten or whatever, Jason Space Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. Like the the box office numbers for those movies continually declined, and I think it's because people just felt exhausted. You know, they don't they didn't want to go back and have to watch everything from the beginning in order to understand it. And you know, with the multiverse exploding the Marvel universe in so many different directions, I feel like we might find people starting to drop off just because there's too much. You know, I already feel overwhelmed with all the, the shows on Disney Plus. So it's it's a risky move. And I'm just I'm curious to see how well executed it is. But the universe is going to get a little bit broader. The multiverse is going to get a little bit broader. And after watching the latest Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, it will probably get a lot broader indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the first Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that just came out? We want to hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are, and you gotta check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. I know we, we're going to be talking about a lot of great things coming up, including Halo. We're going to be talking about also as well the 10th anniversary of Contagion. But before we head on out, I did want to talk about more movie delays. Paramount has already gone ahead and delayed Top Gun Maverick, which <laughs> is something I thought they already did. Remember during when we had our, our show during yeah. the videotaping, I presumptuously said that it was already had been delayed to 2022 i was incorrect it was still november 2021 but top gun maverick has since been delayed to 2022 so rest assured i may have been seeing the future on that or calling it but yes they did delay it to it's i think may it'll never come out no i think the memorial day weekend next year it'll it'll come out you think so i I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. Like now, you know, they have the whole Delta thing, and now the, there's a like a move variant. Like there's just going to be yeah. more and more Corona variants coming out, and we're just they're, they're just going to keep pushing movies. They're either going to have to make the choice to release it on a streaming platform, or just put it out in theaters and see if people will go back. Because at this point, like I don't think people are going to readily go out in, in droves to the movie theater like they used to. Like it's just not. It's not going to happen. The landscape has shifted so much in, in terms of like media consumption. We're not going to have have that again. You know, at least probably it's probably it'll be a good t five to ten years before 
that happens again if it does. So you have all these people paramount, right? They have their uh, uh, Top Gun and Mission Impossible and all that. So I don't, I don't think delaying those releases is going is a good idea. You know, like right now, I've seen so many boards on the internet of people going like, "Oh, this movie's never going to come out." I've waited so long, I don't even want to see it anymore. Like, it's actually killing buzz for this movie. And I'm kind of in that boat, too, because right now I don't I don't really care anymore. Like, I was excited when it was first announced, and I was excited when it was supposed to come out. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, well, if it comes out, it comes out. If not, I don't really care that much. So it's, it, it's kind of, I, I don't know, like, it, you have to make a decision. I don't think pushing these movies back repeatedly is the best choice here. Well, they, the other thing that was curious was Mission Impossible 7 being moved from May 2022, which Top Gun Maverick took over that spot. It's being pushed back all the way to the end of September of 2022, mm-hmm. which for a uh, Mission Impossible movie, which is a it's, it's now one of the biggest IPs in movies. That's a very curious time. I have a feeling that they're going to try and make for that movie that probably is going to be dropping on paramount plus maybe day and date as far as theaters are concerned because that's a very curious time to drop that movie Uh, i just think that that's kind of weird for a movie that deserves a maybe like a summer movie that should have been maybe like in uh, july or august but yeah putting it on on the end of september seems kind of weird Mm -hmm. i have a feeling they might change it again or they'll probably do something day and date with that movie top gun maverick i I think they're going to probably go ahead and still drop that in the theaters on Memorial Day weekend, so we'll see what happens there. But Jackass yeah. Forever is the other major movie that got pushed yeah, back. Yeah, that one doesn't make sense to me because it was it was really pegged into the perfect spot for that movie. Yeah, and I mean that's been moved to uh, just everyone knows February twenty twenty two. But go ahead. Yeah, it it just it seemed like it was a weird move because again that was like the perfect time for that movie, and this is a movie that's not going to break box office records. You know, like. The people who are going to see this movie are not the children and families, just like the the people who have notoriously gone out to watch movies like this. And I don't feel like they're the kind of people that are going to complain about having to go to the movie theaters in these current climates. So I, I didn't really understand that one. But, you know, I guess February is not too far off from when it's supposed to be released. No, but it's very curious. And I think that's something that I think that should have been or should be a day and date for Paramount Plus. I really think that that movie is not a movie that's going to really get or garner huge box office numbers. Exactly, yeah. But it has a big enough name that it would be a kind of nice treat for Paramount Plus or to get people involved or invested into Paramount Plus to do a day and date Mm -hmm. and promote it more from that end. Kind of like what we're seeing with all the HBO type scenarios where they're doing day and dates with Dune. And with some of these other movies, I think the latest Clint Eastwood movie, the latest Hugh Jackman movie, which was a bomb in the theaters, yeah. may have done very well on yeah, HBO. I was, yeah, Reminiscence, it was called? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I saw it pop up on HBO Max, and I was you know, curious about it, you know, and whether or not I wanted to watch it. But Yeah, yeah. HBO Max, absolutely. HBO yeah. Max, I mean, yeah, that movie, Clint Eastwood's movie, is uh, Day and Day with HBO Max. Dune with HBO Max, Day and Day. That I'm looking forward to. The reviews from the outlets have just dropped for it. It's very beautiful. I think you're going to love this film simply because it's going to be another one of those visual feasts. Mm -hmm. It may not hold the substance, I think, that a lot of people are looking for because it's a two-movie set as opposed to trying to tell everything in one movie. So 
they need to be prepared to see a part two cliffhanger type deal or something that at the very end is going to necessitate a part two because Denis Villeneuve has already said you're going to see a part two. But yeah, that movie's coming out day and date on HBO Max. Although really, that's a movie for IMAX just to see how it looks. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's one I will definitely go and watch in the theaters. But like, you know, you're going back to like Reminiscence and you named a couple others like those are movies that I wouldn't go to the theaters to watch. Those are movies that I would go to my couch to watch. You know, I would gladly sit on my couch with an HBO Max subscription and watch those movies. But like something like Dune. Jackass Forever. Jack, yeah, Jackass Forever, exactly. But something like Dune, yeah, I would go, even though I could watch it from my couch, I would go to the theaters to watch it. You know, it's just, it It all depends on the film and everybody has different tastes. So it's going to be hard to exactly, to really like nail down exactly what people will and will not go to the movie theaters for. I'm hoping that people will go ahead and check out these films, whether it's on HBO Max, whether it's day and date in the theaters. But I know Dune is something we're going to go out of our way to see in the theaters. But I really think that they need to reevaluate what they're doing when it comes to Jackass Forever and MI7 mm-hmm. because of the, the strange things that they're doing as far as releasing those two films. I understand Top Gun Maverick being moved to Memorial Day weekend. It's a big weekend. That's fine. I, I don't have any problem with that. But yeah, the others are kind of, it's kind of weird what they're doing with those two films, yeah. those two other films. But again, this is Paramount. So nobody knows really what's going to happen. Are they going to try and push Paramount Plus? Are they not? I mean, does anybody even know that A Quiet Place Part 2 is there? I mean, it's not really been touted about. I don't think I mean, a lot of people even know about Paramount Plus, though. Like, yeah, I I mean, they, they had the Super Bowl ads that they made during the Super Bowl that continuously, because they were on CBS, and mm-hmm. it's all tied in together with Paramount Plus and whatnot. So basically, right now, we're just going to go ahead and wait and see on Paramount Plus. But yeah, since the Super Bowl ads, they've not done a great job of promoting what they have to offer. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree, and like I I've, I don't know a lot of people even know Paramount Plus is a thing. You know, you ask them about, it and they kind of like scratch their heads and look at you. So it's just another case of like too many streaming services. But yeah, yeah I don't. Who knows? Who knows? You know, I wish that I could tell like what what the future of like movie consumption is going to be. But like the thing that disappoints me is I really wish that these streaming outlets would release numbers. You know, and that's something that we probably won't ever get. No, and Nielsen, they give you guesses. There are other outlets that try to give you impressions and things of that nature that, you know, try to give a decent read. But it's really hard to gauge exactly verbatim because, like you said, these companies only release the numbers when they want to. And they only release the numbers that they feel like they have to in order to appease the shareholders. They only release the numbers on the hits, on the movies that are hits for them, the series that are hits for them. Those are the only ones that they really love to release the numbers for. Yeah. While we're on the topic of streaming stuff, can I talk about Nightmare of the Wolf real quick? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. That's the latest animated series that is encased within the realm of the witcher yeah sorry i just saw your poster on the on the wall back behind you and uh it just reminded me of it if you have not watched this you've been in hawaii so you haven't had a chance to catch this show or movie i guess it's it's like what's like it's like an hour and 15 minutes but it is a prequel and it follows vesemir who is Geralt's. i guess you can call him mentor and it kind of shows like his origin story how he came to be 
And it's really, really interesting. I don't want to go into spoilers, but it really just kind of expands the Witcher universe in a way that, like, I never even imagined. You know, like, it explains, like, how these monsters, how they're able to, to survive and thrive for so long. And it's, like, it's, it's such an interesting thing because there's a lot of parallels in it. You know, and I, I can't even talk about it right now without spoiling it. So, Gerald, if you get a chance, man, please watch this so we can sit here and have like a a, a deep dive about it because I just got so many thoughts on this. But it, all right, I'll tell you what. By the time this next week happens, and for next Monday's show, I will go ahead and I will have watched it. How about that for you? Okay, perfect. For right now, though, for everyone else listening, it is just beautifully animated. The voice acting is really good. It looks like it, it's if you like Castlevania, like the animation is almost exactly the same, but it's very, very well written. And if you liked The Witcher show, like you will definitely like this because most people, when they think about like cartoon prequels, they equate it to like the Gotham Knight or Animatrix, which really weren't that good or not that good. They just weren't good at all. But this is something that really like it holds the mythology very well and it looks very good. Well, I'm definitely intrigued now. These are some of the things that I missed while I was on vacation, but I'm definitely looking forward to go ahead and check it out this week, and I will make the effort to do so so we can have that major discussion on next week's Pop Culture Cosmos. But yes, the delays are very concerning to say the least, but there was one movie that actually showed a final trailer this past week, that isn't going to be delayed, that I thought would be delayed again, and that's a little movie called No Time to Die. The latest James Bond, the latest The latest movie and ever. last. Yes. yes, the last for Daniel Craig, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, man. Looks good. I'm getting really intrigued by it. I was wondering, are you surprised that they're not delaying it again? That they're finally just like you're they're taking the Josh Peterson advice and just saying, you know what, we're just going to throw it out there and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised because this was the first movie delayed, right? Like this when COVID yep, happened, this was, this the, was first the very first movie. Yeah, it just and it's one of those things now and like much like Top Gun, you read you go on the internet and you read like comment boards and stuff and you see people just getting to the point where they're tired of it, like they don't want to watch it anymore. So now with this new trailer I'm excited. I'm really excited. And uh, this is this is this is it. You know, this is Daniel Craig's final outing as Bond. And what happens next? Like, are they going to have a new Bond or are they just going to follow, continue the story with the uh, new 007? We don't really know. But the big question here is, do you think that they can give Daniel Craig his out without killing him? It all depends on what he wants, because sometimes the actor asks to be killed off. You know, we heard the old stories about, you know, Harrison Ford wanting mm -hmm. to kill off his character after the first Star Wars, when he wanted to kill him off in Empire of the Strikes Back or uh, The Empire Strikes Back. And, and he wanted to kill himself off then. And mm -hmm. you've heard other actors that want to be killed off or they go off of a television series and they're yeah. they written off and they're killed off in an in an accident or or usually in a hospital drama you know they somehow land in the hospital themselves and you see them unplugged you beep 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 flatlining right. and they're dead you right. know 
Cause yeah, in fact, I think there's a situation going on with The Resident or one of the shows this year, series this year, that's going to debut their season with one of their characters who is being written off the show in just that fashion. So, yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that's happening. But, yeah, I would say my answer to you is he is going to be killed off. So this is this is interesting because I I kind of agree with you. But like this, this would end the current continuity of James Bond as we know it, right? Because if throughout the series, whether it was Sean Connery or George Lazenby or uh, um, Timothy Dalton, whoever, there's been little breadcrumbs. Pierce that, Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. There's been little breadcrumbs that have connected like one Bond. Every every time they change actors, it's connected one Bond to another, right? Like one Bond film to the next. Judy Dench, I guess, would be the latest breadcrumb, right? Because she was M in the Pierce Brosnan films, and she's yeah. also M in the Daniel Craig films, and she's gone. So now if they were to off Daniel Craig, that would be essentially be the end of James Bond. The 007 movies could continue, but oh, well, there would not be... Well, you could say Ray Fiennes Ray Ray, interacts with the next James that's, Bond. That's true, but it wouldn't be James Bond, because James Bond would be dead. Uh, then he might have to stay alive after all, but I, I think they're going to kill off. I I have a feeling they're going to kill off Daniel Craig and give rise to the new 007 that's in No Time to Die. But I also feel like that's a very, very risky scenario for not for like, you know, social or political reasons, but just the fan base of James Bond. It just feels like a very risky ticket, I guess. Well, what's even riskier is releasing it October when they're going to be releasing it. So we'll see what happens with No Time to Die because they are not delaying it. As of this point, they're not delaying it. In fact, they've released the final trailer. So No Time to Die is on its way to theaters. If it changes, we'll let you know. Follow us on Facebook because we have the latest news and trends there. And if there's any delay at all on No Time to Die, we will let you know what that is. But it's looking more and more and more like there is no time to die that's coming up. So we'll go ahead and tell you all about it coming up later this month and early part of next month as it gets released in theaters all around the world in no time to die. But what are some of your thoughts out there on the latest movie delays? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. But my friend, before we head on out, two things I need to talk to you about. One is Halo Infinite, which also finally got a release date. The I guess the initial Microsoft showcase did not showcase the release date. It showcased the trailer and an update on the the game itself and blah 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 and it wasn't until a day later that they actually finally released the release date and that's going to be december 8th which to me is disappointing for many reasons but i'm going to tell you the main reasons first off they totally blow by the 20th anniversary of the original halo yeah which 
was brought up by not only Ryan McCaffrey of IGN, but also several other individuals out there in social media that they should have tied it into that. It would have been a great way to pay homage. And if you're already releasing it this year, why don't you do that there? It's, it's the old adage to me, like with Far Cry 6, if you're releasing it within a 30-day span of Black Friday, why don't you release it just before Black Friday? I just can't yeah. believe that they're missing out on the biggest shopping weekend of the year. It just blows my mind that Far Cry 6 and now Halo Infinite are both missing that day. And also, in Halo Infinite's case, missing its 20th anniversary, which just seems to me absolutely dumb. And then another thing is, after a year delay, because it was originally supposed to release last year, there's no campaign co-op and the forge mode's not going to be in there. These are two major components of the Halo IP now for a long time, and they're both not going to be there upon release. And this is a game that's already been delayed a year. I think that Phil Spencer has been a great, great individual for the gaming community and Xbox as the head of Xbox. If I was him, I'd be very uber mad about this all happening and all the way it's going down, man, because really just... This has just been, with Halo Infinite from the get-go, just one mishap after another. I want to backtrack to what I said last year. We're like, it's because of the Sony fanboys. I don't think it's because of the Sony fanboys. I think that kind of like helped to wake them up a little bit. But I, I feel like this game was not ready to launch last year. It was not ready to come out. But the out. thing is it's not ready to launch Well, this that's year. that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm trying to get at it here is that like what has the production of this game been like, you know, because if they don't even have all the pieces ready to go now and they're still put they're going to push it out, like I I'm glad that it's finally coming out, but what kind of product are we going to be receiving? But granted, I also remember that the Master Chief Collection was an absolute mess when that game came out and then, you know, 6 months later, it's probably one of the greatest games ever made. It took a over a year. It yeah, year right. To get again, but yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that. It, it finally became a truly great experience. But yeah. with Halo Infinite, I mean, they've had over a year of right. delay on this, and it, it's been the, and these issues are still there. And that's the thing, though. They've got the free to play multiplayer thing. That's already been worked out, man. That's already on the get go. That's already something that they're going to be doing as far as trials. They're going to be doing betas. They're going to be doing all that. All that's good. But when it comes to certain staples of this game that have been in place for years and years and years, like the Forge, which has become very popular as far as being able to craft your own online experiences, and then also campaign co-op which i have tremendous memories of for the first two halos and i i truly enjoy going through those campaigns with people on that and they're not going to be there for three to six months after the initial release of the game which yeah. in its own right is a disappointment in it in when it's being released it just truly seems to me if i was phil spencer i'd really be mad right now i think you know, he has been given a long leash by gamers because he's so gamer friendly. Mm -hmm. But I think this is the one time I, if I was Microsoft, I'd say, Phil, you blew it with this one. You blew it. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, then again, you know, this game could come out and it could completely surpass all of our expectations. You know, it could be. Well, I hope it does. It Mike's could expectations be, are low right now. Yeah. It could be just amazing, you know, and it could be even better when the co-op version comes out. So yeah, I think it's really going to hinge on how good is the story and how good is the multiplayer mode. And I think that 
if those come out the gate just being fantastic, I, I think the fans would be willing to let go of the fact that, you know, the co-op and the Forge aren't there It just seems to me that's gaming in 2021, my friend, where a game comes out and it's not even finished. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, I mean, does anybody even still play that game? I mean, everybody was so hyped and we all wanted to play it and it came out and it came out. It was a mess. And a year later, and then two years later, it'll be the game that it should have been in the first place. I mean, this is not the first time this happened. It's happened repeatedly the avengers game that's a game that's now much better than it was when upon its initial release i mean yeah well, no man's sky no man's sky yeah, five years later that's like the standard right everyone looks at what a mess that game was coming out of the gates but this all kind of actually falls into line with what sean Layden had just said this past week about how like the cost and the production of former head of, of playstation former head of playstation yeah the the cost and the production of these big games are becoming unsustainable because there's just so many factors that go into it and it's just it's so expensive and it requires so many people that it's just something where we're going to see more and more releases like this over the course of the next few years you know especially with with covid so right now for me like i would rather be able to play these elements than not be able to play the game at all But, but unlike the movie industry this is a genre that has actually benefited unfortunately mm-hmm. in these these terrible times of the pandemic that people have wanted to stay home but what do they do they play games when they stay home so yeah. the video game industry the video games that have been out that have been of any quality are selling better for the most part or these free-to-play games or these experiences that have come out as far as in a video game fashion yeah they've been doing better than they have I mean, we see the sales for the Sony PlayStation. They've they've been talking about the PS5 breaking all the records. Blah 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 blah. Microsoft keeps telling you blah 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 blah. Their Xbox Series is doing better than than what the other Xboxes that came before it. I mean, in the video game industry, yeah, the prices are skyrocketing as far as the productions, but it's usually if it's a quality game, gonna get its money back in sales. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but here's the thing, though. You know, there's a whole other bag of cats we're opening here but meow with uh yeah with games pass like there's i don't think sales xbox game sales are really that high and even you go to like target or walmart or really anywhere that sells games and you see except for um gamestop because they have a contract with microsoft but you see like the microsoft section getting more compact right like they're it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller, whereas like the Sony and Nintendo sections are growing because they don't have this Games Pass catalog that are basically making all their their physical based media irrelevant. Well, I still think there's going to be some problems that gamers are going to have with this delayed release and this December release of Halo Infinite. I really think that this does not bode well. For the game, I'm hoping that I'm going to be proven wrong and that this game will be amazing eventually yeah. after all the, the things are worked out. But man, being delayed a year initially, then coming out weeks after the anniversary when you could have timed it perfectly and Black Friday. And then on top of that, it's not coming out complete. That right there is a little bit of a downer. But Mm -hmm. again, I'm going to try and keep my mind open, keep my ears open, keep my eyes open that this is going to be a great Halo game. And I know you are too. And as 
an Xbox fan and aficionado and fanboy that you are. I know you're really hyped for it. I am as a longtime Halo player myself. So everybody out there, if you've got thoughts on Halo Infinite and what's going on, is it a mess that really can't be fixed? Or are you hopeful that Microsoft, Xbox, and everybody there at 343 will actually get everything together and be able to go ahead and produce a quality game? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend. I'm back in the saddle once again from vacation. I'm off the beach. The waves have hit me, and I'm now back in the saddle again. We have got a lot of great things. I do want to mention that during the week on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel, we've got Inside Sports Fantasy Football that's going to drop. We've also got great tabletop RPG games coming at you on our Facebook page, plus also checking out YouTube and Twitch as well. And of course... My final thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings will be posted this week as I update the Gerald Glassford Guide to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at PopCultureCosmos.com. But before we head on out, my friend, on a somewhat serious note, wanted to make sure and let everybody know that the movie Contagion hits 10 years this week. And it was a movie that when the initial pandemic hit, that was a movie that a lot of people checked out. In fact, it skyrocketed up the Apple charts as far as what people were looking at and trying to compare and take notes from and experiences. And in many ways, it saw some things in the future that we now know today to be true. And some things in the movie were expressed that we need to follow today. There were some unrealistic things in the movie that I think that have bared itself out. But 10 years later, my friend, it still holds up as a pretty good movie. The soundtrack is sensational and is one of the best movie soundtracks ever. I think the movie itself is a decent movie that's picked up even more by the soundtrack. It's one of those movies that's helped out even more by the soundtrack. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. I mean, obviously... Contagion is a film that showcases the ultra worst scenario of what a pandemic can do, but without getting into any of the other extraneous stuff and politics and all that stuff, I mean, it just gave us a a glimpse of what was going to happen 10 years down the line. I don't know. I didn't really like it that much. Like I, I walked out of it and I, well, after watching it, I, I, I just kind of thought to myself like, oh, this is like day after tomorrow. You know, it was a cool movie, cautionary tale went on with my life, you know, like and I, I almost feel like if this if we weren't in covid times, like it would kind of be somewhat of an irrelevant movie. But well, it's found revel- re- it's, it's found, found relevance. Yeah. And maybe that's the plan all along for all of uh, the conspiracy people out there. They just oh want a contagion gosh. to shoot to the top of the box office charts again. Well played. Well played. Just kidding. But no, I mean, it's it's a decent flick for what it is. It's just not something that I'm like in a hurry to go back and watch. But let me hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, we have made it through, made it back from Hawaii, I have, but my friend, I leave it up to you once again. Any last thoughts on the way out? For those of you back on the video game thing, we just found out that there is a Alan Wake remaster coming out on the PS5, possibly. So if you're looking to go back into that world, this might be the best time to do it. You've been pining for something like that for a long time i have i would love a remake i would just love a solid remake 
that can I mean, that handles a little it. bit better. If it was successful, they're going to remake it. You know yeah. that, but yeah. it just takes time. It's a matter of time. That's It's only a yeah. matter of time. Absolutely. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.